Welcome to the Lex City Church Podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Lex City, please visit LexCity.Church. Well, welcome this morning. Glad to be here. We are starting an incredible series next week called Mixtape. It's a five-week series on relationships. You don't want to miss out on that. But today is what we call in the ministry world a standalone message. Brian said, hey, preach on whatever you feel led to do. And so I'm excited to be doing that with you guys um, this morning. So as we dive into God's word together, you can go to lexcity.info, click on sermon notes. You can find all the sermon notes right there on the mess we're doing today. And I believe that the, the general just story of the Bible is really the story of God rescuing us. If I could put it into one sentence. And so I wanna talk about one of those stories today. And, uh, and it's the story of Jonah. How many of you guys know the story of Jonah? I've heard the story of Jonah before, right? How many of you guys have your theology from Jonah from the Veggie Tales? Come on, where's the generation? There we go, all right? You've probably seen this movie before, you know, where he goes and, you know, the Ninevites are fish slappers and it's, it's all good times, right? And so um, a lot of people know the story about this is basically the guy who doesn't do what God wants him to do. And so God puts him inside of a big whale and he lights a candle and the whale throws him up on shore and he gets to be a real boy the rest of his life, right? Okay, that's Pinocchio, but very similar, right? So we're gonna be talking a lot today about people, you know, I think... When you um, grew up in church, maybe some of you guys, this was kind of like a Sunday school story. This was kind of like a kid story. But really, it's a story that if you allow God to speak to your heart today and let him in, you're going to see a lot of yourself, like I did, in the story of Jonah. And so we're going to talk about who we call this reluctant prophet of Jonah. And so we're going to open up God's word. Jonah 1, verse 1 through 3, we're going to give some context for the scripture here. So here we go. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Umatai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for the port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So he was a man on the run, right? So look at the meaning behind a few of these words. If you're taking notes, first of all, Jonah is known as the reluctant prophet. His name means dove. It said he was the son of Umatai, and that means truth, okay? So the son of truth. And Nineveh, we talk about this, we'll talk about this a lot today, is the capital of Assyria. Nineveh was Israel's worst enemy. Israel hated the Ninevites. And you'll see why here in a minute as we begin to study this. Let's look at verse one again. As we do, I believe that God may show you what he's shown me. You're gonna see a little bit of Jonah in yourself here, okay? So verse one, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Umatai. The word of the Lord will come to you and I as we read scripture, right? As we worship, as we meditate, as we spend time with God, the word of the Lord will come upon you at different times in your life. And so the first, we're gonna learn kind of four things today from the scripture. The first one is this, that God will often ask you to do things you don't want to do. I'll ask you things you don't want to do. And a lot of times it's because we really like to believe that we know what's best, right? We try to convince ourselves that we know what's best. An example, all right? So who likes chocolate ice cream versus vanilla ice cream? Okay, so chocolate ice cream, raise your hand. All right, vanilla ice cream, raise your hand. All right, you're both wrong. It's Oreo, okay? <laughs> but that's where we live in right now, right? Truth is relative, I believe this, I believe that, I know what's best for me no matter what people say, right? 
Sometimes someone in authority or someone with more knowledge will tell you what to do or tell you how to believe or what to think or whatever. And you go, I don't want to do that. I feel like I know what's best for me, right? I think about when my kids were a lot younger. If I was to let them eat whatever they wanted to eat, whenever they wanted to eat, what would happen? They would get sick and throw up on me, right? If I let my kids wear whatever they wanted to wear when they were younger, which I did on occasion, what would happen, right? My wife would punch me and then she would redress the kids. A lot of times we feel like we know what's best and we don't want to obey when the, Lord, when the word of the Lord comes to us. This was the context of Jonah. We see this actually take place in verse two. Here's the command. It says, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. So you read this and you're like, okay, well, Jonah's a prophet. This is what he does, right? He preaches God's word. So why didn't he just obey this very simple assignment? Let me give you some history here. When you understand the history of Nineveh or the Syrian empire, you'll understand a little bit more why he hated them. So the Syrian empire, of which Nineveh was the capital city, whenever it was rumored that the Assyrians would be attacking somebody, they would, they would attack in such a brutal way and they would take all these prisoners of war and they would torture them. So in history, what it even tells us, sometimes if they heard they were coming to their city to attack them, sometimes entire towns would get together and commit mass suicide because that was better than what was going to happen to them when the Assyrians got there. And they would go to these cities and they'd go in there and they would torture and kill all sorts of people. They would take the women, they would do terrible things to the women, then they would kill them. They would torture the kids and they would get the men and they would make them prisoners of war. And what they would do is they would go and they would skin their bodies, skin them alive. Then they would bury them in the sand all the way up to their necks. And then to make it worse, when they were already buried the next, they would pull their tongues out and they would, they would stake, they would drive a stake through their tongue into the ground. And they would sit there all night, just waiting to die. And to make it worse, they would sit there and they would just run Taylor Swift music on repeat the whole night long. I'm just kidding about the last part. But the rest of it was true. And so they're just sitting there waiting to die. And that wasn't bad enough when they would finally die. They would behead all of them and they would take their heads out outside the city gates wall and they would put them in a pyramid to let everybody else realize this is what happens when you go against the Ninevites. Now you see why they didn't put that part in the VeggieTales movie, right? But when you know that, maybe you can have a little bit more mercy, a little bit more empathy for Jonah where he's like, God, I don't wanna do this. I don't wanna go there. I hate these people. Do you know how terrible they are? Don't make me go speak to them. Maybe he had a relative or a friend or someone who had actually experienced that. He despised them. God said, I want you to do something. And he had, in his mind, he had legitimate reasons why he wasn't going to do this. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you've had times, maybe even right now, when the word of the Lord came to you and you heard specifically from God, this is what I should do. In your mind, you think, okay, I understand that's what you want me to do, but I don't want to do that. I want nothing to do with that. Perhaps you can relate in different ways. Maybe someone has wronged you and hurt you or hurt someone that you love and the word of the Lord comes to you and that word from the Lord is to forgive them. To forgive them as you have been forgiven. You look and go, I don't wanna do that. They don't deserve it. I don't feel like forgiving them. 
God, I know that's what you want me to do, but I don't want to do that. I've had lots of times in my life where I've experienced that, where someone has wronged me and I become bitter and I have unforgiveness in my heart and I don't want to forgive them. I think of one time specifically, I worked at a really awesome church with a great pastor and I loved being there. I thought I was going to be there the rest of my ministry life, but I had a really not great boss. It was really difficult to work with. And it finally came to a point where my wife and I decided that we needed to move on. And we did, but for about two months, I harbored some serious bitterness towards this man and a lot of unforgiveness. And while I left the church well, the things that I thought about this guy in my head were not very godly. They were sin. I needed to own my stuff. I needed to own my junk and go, okay, God, what do I need to do with this? And he came, the word Lord came to me and said, you need, you need to forgive him. You need to meet with him. And I was like, meet with him? This is a terrible idea. And so I texted him and I said, hey, can we grab lunch? And he was like, ooh, what's this gonna be about? And we met and I, and I didn't ask for his forgiveness. I said, hey, I've thought some really terrible things about you and my wife and my best friend heard all of them. I just, I need to ask for your forgiveness. And he was like, oh, I forgive you. Yeah, that's cool. He didn't say anything back to me. I didn't need that. God freed me from that, just from that conversation. And so when God comes to you and says the word, you need to go and do it. Maybe some of you right now, you're dating someone. You don't really care if you're messing up physically with that person. You don't care what God's word says. You're like, I'm having fun. I just want to do this, right? Maybe the word of the Lord has come to you and you've thought, okay, I know what I'm supposed to, but I don't want to do that right now. I'll do it later. I'll get to that later. Maybe next year, maybe next month. And remember this. Delayed obedience is really disobedience. It's kind of like a lot of the times when we're parents and we use this technique. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm serious this time. Don't make me come over there. I'm coming over there. One. I'm going to count to three. One, two, two and a half, two and three quarters, two and seven eighths. What are we teaching? Delayed obedience is really just disobedience. And the mark of maturity in a believer is what we call lag time. You can tell the maturity of a person between the distance of the command of God and when we obey that command. If the distance is really long, we might be living in an immature season, right? If the distance is really short, that's maturity. So when God says, hey, I really want you to do this, and we can begin to shrink that lag time between waiting weeks and months and years into days and hours and minutes, right? That's the mark of maturity. Maybe some of us, as you look at this baptism pool, you're thinking, oh man, I have been putting that off for weeks, months, years, decades. Maybe you accepted Christ a long time ago and you've never followed through with that step of obedience and getting baptized. It's really just saying, God, I made an inward decision, a personal decision, but I want to go public with my faith. And I want to say, God, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And so maybe today is your day. Maybe you're here in person right now. And today's your day. We have all the stuff you need for that. Love for you to be a part of that later today. That's point number one. Number two, and man, this one's true. You can always find a boat sailing in the wrong direction. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You say, hey, I want to obey God. I want to do what he's called me to do. And all of a sudden your friend's like, hey, let's do this. 
Maybe your spouse is like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go back to the old life. Let's go back to what's comfortable. We don't need to follow God yet or now. Let's go back and look at Jonah here, verse three. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Why did he sail for Tarshish? He wanted to run from God. And what did God say? He said, go east to Nineveh. And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna head west to Tarshish. So basically it's like if God was like, I want you to go to New York City. And you were like, yeah, I'm gonna head to LA. Like I'm out. If you look at the map, you can see how far he ran. One commentary that I read said it would take about a year to sail from where he was to where he was going. That's a lot of running. Some of us, we can relate to this. You may be sitting next to someone who thinks you're absolutely on track, but you know in your heart you've been running and you're a long way from God right now. And the Lord of the Lord is coming upon you now. And here's what I want you to do. And somewhere along the way, the months, the weeks, the years back, you said, no, no, God, I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna obey you. And you've been running for a long time. And we can all run for a while, but you can't run forever because it will catch up to you. There's a great movie, Tom Hanks' best movie probably ever. It's called Forrest Gump. It's an incredible movie. And what does he say in the movie? He says, I was running, right? And one day he decides, he says, I think I'm gonna run today. And he just starts running. And what does he do? He runs across the country and all these people start following him and running after him. And he grows this crazy beard. He's just running all the time. In fact, he ran for three years, two months, 14 days and 16 hours. And he finally stopped. People behind him are like, what's he gonna say? What's he gonna say? And what does he say? I'm pretty tired. I think I'm gonna go home now. We can run for a long time, but we can't run forever. For some of you, maybe you're not on the run more as you're just kind of drifting through life. And this third thought might speak to you if you're running or drifting, doing the wrong thing. Number three is this. God may send a storm to grab your attention. Verse four. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Now this was a ship full of sailors that were transporting cargo and this was a very strong ship and it was a great wind. Everyone's screaming, help, what are we gonna do? We've never seen a storm like this to the point where the integrity of the ship was at risk. And they're beginning to say, whose fault is this? What's going on? And they did this thing back then where they drew straws, did a little lottery thing, and they said, well, it's Jonah's fault. And they said, who are you? What did you do to bring this upon us? And verse eight reveals the answer. It says, Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land this terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running from the Lord because he'd already told them so. So the storm blows up and all of a sudden he starts bringing up the God talk again, right? Maybe we do need God. Jonah realized, finally realized this, it's my fault. There's something so powerful when we're walking in our own sin and our own mess and our own mistakes and we've been living in this victim mentality where we're like, it's somebody else's fault. 
or it's the circumstances fault or the situation's fault or whatever it is. And there's something powerful when we finally stop and go, you know what, maybe this is on me. Maybe I should look at myself first because that's what leaders do before I look at everybody else and say, God, what am I doing? And he finally does that here in scripture. And some of you are gonna recognize that today as well. And you're gonna go, you know what? What I'm doing in my little private rebellion, it wasn't hurting anybody. Can I just lovingly say, (laughs) don't kid yourself. If it hasn't hurt somebody else yet, it will. When we realize and say, this is my fault, I'm hurting innocent people by my disobedience to God. That's what he's saying here. And he finally owns up to it in verse 12. He says, pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. But the sailors, I mean, picture this. Thinking, okay, we realize that, but are we really gonna just throw this guy into the storm to die? And so they have mercy on him initially, right? And they care about him. They barely know him, but they care about him. They're like, we're not gonna throw you off the boat. So what do they do first? They take all of their cargo, they throw it overboard. Their livelihood, their ways of, their, their, their way they make income, the way they support their family, they throw it off the boat to try to save Jonah. That didn't work. So then they go, okay, row, row, row your boat. They try to row it back to shore. That doesn't work as well. And finally, they say, we're all gonna die. I guess we're gonna have to throw you off. And so they say, God, forgive us. We're sorry. We don't wanna do this to Jonah. And so they throw him overboard and the sea goes calm. And then something unbelievably bad in our human mind happens to Jonah. You know the story, he got swallowed up by a big fish. People say Jonah and the whale, it was not a whale. Original text says it was a fish, doesn't really matter. It was big, it was nasty, okay? And he was in the fish for three days. Inside of a fish. I don't even want to eat fish for three days. Inside the fish for three days. Which brings me to point number four. Jonah's worst nightmare was exactly what he needed. Verse 15. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. The Lord provided the fish. What Jonah would see is the worst possible scenario God provided. Some of you right now, you may be facing what you would consider your worst nightmare. Maybe you're in a really bad relationship. Maybe your business is going under. Maybe you're fighting with your parents. Maybe you're walking through a divorce. Maybe you have a death in your family. Maybe someone that you know is really, really sick right now and might be thinking it just couldn't get any worse than this. And God may say, okay, do I have your attention? You hear my heart? Now, what I'm not saying is, I'm not telling you that everything that bad happens to you is God causing that in your life. I don't believe that's true. But I do believe that God may allow things that we would consider our worst nightmare to fully get our attention. I think back to uh, around 2008, 2009. I lived in Oklahoma at the time. And my grandfather had just passed away and I had just done his funeral. And then a few days later, we came home. I got a call from a buddy of mine who was watching my house, who was just checking my mail. And he called me and he said, hey, 
there's water coming out of your front door of your house, then your door is closed. And her hot water tank could burst and it was refilling itself over and over again. And my house became a virtual hot tub. And it was $30,000 in damage to our house from the water. And we were out of our house for eight weeks. Then a few little, little bit time after that, someone stole my identity and, and, and charged a bunch of money on my account. Anyway, all three of these things happened in a really short period of time. I was like, okay, God, you have my attention. And God wanted to show me some really big things in my life at that time, but I wasn't willing to listen. And so it took some of these things to happen in my life for me to go, okay, God, what do you want for me? And the word of the Lord will come to you and you have a choice. We can choose to obey. We can choose to disobey. We can choose to have delayed obedience, which is really disobedience. We can choose to have the mark of maturity that says, God, when you speak, when I hear from you, I wanna obey quickly. Because we can always find a ship, ship sailing in the wrong direction. If we don't obey, God can always send a storm to grab your attention. And if that doesn't get it for us, he may allow us to walk through our worst nightmare. And when he does, understand this, it's all because he loves you because he has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. It's because he wants you to do something. He maybe has some people or some things for you to reach in your life. And we can keep running or we can answer that call in our lives. And I pray that we'll stop running. Let's pray together. Just bow your heads, close your eyes. Maybe you're here today and you would consider yourself a Christ follower, but you've been running from God for a while. Maybe you're watching online right now and you say, you know what? I'm walking through my worst nightmare right now. And you would just say, I need some prayer about that right now. If that's you, just lift up your hands so I can pray for you right now. If you're walking through some really hard stuff in your life right now and you say, I just need God to move. That's awesome. God, I lift up everyone that raised their hands and those that didn't, God, today I pray whatever they're walking through, God, that you would get their attention that they would know that they can trust you with the big things and the small things in their lives. God, I pray that you would move in a miraculous way in their life right now. As we continue to pray with every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you're here today or watching online and you say, you know what, Zach, I've been running from God my whole life. I've never really had a relationship with Jesus. And right now I'm walking through some hard stuff and I'm just having a hard time finding real purpose in my life. And that's because we all have a void in our life until we find Jesus and allow him to come into our hearts. And there's a great verse in Romans 5, 8 that says, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That means that God knows all of the sin in your life, in my life. He knows all the stuff we've done in the past, all of the thoughts that we've had, all the things that we've done. And in spite of all of that, he loves us unconditionally. And then he takes it one step further. He wants a relationship with you through his son, Jesus. If you're here today or watching online right now and you would say, you know what, that's me. Never done that before, but I want to ask Christ to come into my heart today. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're saying that's me today, just lift up your hand so I can pray with you. Just lift your hand up right now. Just say, I want to ask Christ to come into my life. 
That's awesome. Anybody else? Very cool. I'm gonna say a prayer right now and you can say something like this. It's just you connecting your heart to the very heart of God. Say something like this. Say, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that my sin separates me from you. But today, God, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to save me. I ask you to change me. I believe in your son, Jesus, and that he died on the cross for my sins and that he beat death and rose again. I'm tired of living for me. I wanna start living for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just give it up for those that made that decision today? That is awesome. I want to encourage you, whether you made the decision here in the room or you're watching online, go to lexi.info. Just click on I prayed. We want to send you just some, some next steps and just encourage you in your journey with Christ. You can also always go to the Welcome Center. I'd love to talk to you out there as well. Well, as we continue to worship today, we have some baptisms. And here are just a few of their stories. Thank you for listening to the Lex City Church podcast. If you would like to support ministries of Lex City, visit lexcity.church/give. Please subscribe and follow us on social media at Lex City Church for more encouraging teachings and content.